0: Story side, are you glad to be in God's presence today? Would you take a moment? Let's thank God for our freedom. Thank God for independence. Thank God for our spiritual freedom. Are you grateful today? Keep your applause going. Let's welcome all those joining us online. Let them know that we are glad they are joining us today. From their beds, from the beach, from all the other places. Thank God for technology. Uh, glad that you are with us today. And today we are continuing our Animal Kingdom series. As you are coming in, I'm sure you were greeted by the one-eyed dog. I don't know if you noticed that. The one-eyed dog was out by 97 greeting you today. As you come up the drive, uh, we have other animals here on property today. There's a kinkajou, there's pigs, goats, the list goes on. But hopefully you have a chance, if you have children especially, to take some time, go through and see the animals. Uh, we are. Loving our Animal Kingdom series. And in this season, our children have been joining us in service for family services for a variety of reasons, one of which is our construction project. We love the progress that's happening with that. If you've yet to see uh, the kids and students areas, you can uh, stop by with one of our staff between services uh, and take a look at that. The staff will be in the lobby. Exciting to see the second level go up this week. Uh, and we are celebrating that. But next weekend, July the 12th, uh, we're going to now move into options. We're going to continue the Animal Kingdom series. So if you have children the next few weeks, you want them to continue to be part of our worship experiences, you want to stay here in a family-style setting, you can do that. Uh, We are also going to offer uh, kids' ministry uh, for certain ages, um, and that is going to be outside right now. And so we have purchased... Different tents, I won't go into the list of all the things we have, but uh, whether it's sanitizing uh, stations or having um, portable sinks, washing hands, things of that nature, there'll be activities, uh, lessons, kids' ministry outside. Lots of ventilation, lots of fresh air. Uh, Starting next Sunday, July 12th, I'm asking you to pay attention to social media uh, with our kids' ministry. Also, be looking at your emails. Those of you that are parents, grandparents, guardians will get you more details and information. Uh, but you will have options over the next few weeks uh, as you continue to regather and bring your children with you. Today we want to, as we continue our Animal Kingdom uh, series, we want to talk about horses. Horses. There are so many animals in the Bible, and last weekend we shared about dogs, and this week as we move into horses, a hundred and sometimes you'll see horses in Scripture. Next weekend I'm leaning towards talking about oxen, but there's so many different options in the Bible where it talks about animals and how those principles can apply even in our lives. But today we are going to talk about horses. Speaking of horses, I heard the joke, you might have to groan at some of these. I, I don't know that I've ever told you to groan at some of these, but this, these jokes I think you're going to have to. But I heard the joke about the horse that sits down in a movie theater <laughs> And the woman next to him asked, excuse me, are you a horse? And the horse replied, why, yes, I am. And she asked, well, what are you doing at this movie? And the horse said, well, I really like the book. <laughs> I know I say not funny, but these are really not funny. I'm just telling you in advance. What do you call an Amish guy with his hand in a horse's mouth? Mechanic, Uh, stop. We got like six more to go. Uh, Who is in in charge? Who is in charge of a horse town? The mayor. Uh, (laughs) I'm starting to embarrass myself. Uh, Did you hear about the man who was hospitalized with six plastic horses inside him? The doctor prescribed his condition as stable. (laughs) What did the horse say when it fell? I've fallen and I can't giddy up. (laughs) A pony, I heard the joke about the pony that goes to the doctor and tells him, Doc, I think I'm dying. I have this terrible sore throat. The doctor assured him, it's okay, you're just a little horse. I heard the joke about, it's somewhat of a riddle, if you can solve the riddle, you're riding a horse full speed, there's a giraffe right beside you and a lion nipping at your heels, what do you do? You get off the carousel and sober up. Uh, That's not funny. That one really is not funny. Where do horses, where do horses shop for clothes? Old Navy. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I want to talk to you today on the subject, hopeful horses. Can we say that together? Hopeful horses. Can we say it one more time? Hopeful horses. Psalm 33, the 33rd Psalm, verse 17, says that a horse is a vain hope. A horse, I want to help you today's story side. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. We're talking about hopeful horses. It says it's a vain hope. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. I recently read a quote that said, The history of mankind is carried on the back of a horse. The history of mankind, in other words, the success, the progress, the advancement in their perception has been carried on the back. It's probably the reason we see a lot of horses in Scripture The history of mankind is carried on the back of a horse. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 starts with the word because. Maybe you got uh, that type of a response. Maybe you received that type of a reaction from your parents when you were growing up or your guardian when... They would tell you to do something, and you ask why, and they would say, because. Uh, You know, in the Bible, when you and I ask why, we don't always get a response. Matter of fact, in Scripture, if you look at a lot of interactions with Christ, you will find that Jesus often answered a question with, A question. It's not always answers that are given when people are wondering why. So when you get an answer, when you receive a because, I think it's really important for us to take, I know his ways and thoughts are higher than ours, but when you and I get an answer, it's really wise on our part to process and to navigate through The things that we are doing to bring on the scenario or situation we're in. And so we're going to get one of the becauses in the Bible. The Bible says because although they knew God, they did not glorify him or give thanks to him as God. Maybe you hear Travis today saying, put your hands together, raise your voice, tell God you're thankful. Maybe you hear Me say things like, put your hands together, thank God for freedom, for independence. Maybe you hear Pastor Kristen and Regina encouraging you to be grateful, to be appreciative, to be thankful for the body of Christ, for the blood of Christ. Because you don't ever want to fall prey to losing your appreciation or your thankfulness. The Bible says they knew God, but somewhere along the line, they begin to lose they're glorying God, their giving of thanks to God. They became futile, and their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. Pastor Mike, I have all the answers. I have the degrees, I have the education. The professor told me, I know, I, I know that we're reading a scripture that's thousands of years old, but, but I want you just to process. This mindset that claiming to be wise, people that feel like they know better than God is not something new in 2020. There's always people, you go back to Babylon, places like that in the Bible, there are all there's always been people that feel like they know better than God. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. Therefore, God, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. That's why we need to guard our, our hearts. To dishonor their own bodies among themselves, they turned the truth of God into a lie, worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen for this reason. We're getting answers here. For this reason. God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged the natural function for what is against nature, and likewise the men. Leaving the natural function of the woman, they burned in their lust toward one another, men with men, doing that which is shameful, and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, who cares what God says? Who cares what God thinks? Who cares how God feels about my life? Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not proper. They were filled with all unrighteousness of sexual immorality and wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, proud, boastful, inventors of evil things, disobedient towards parents, without understanding covenant breakers. I mean, does any of this sound even a little bit familiar? Without natural affection, calloused, unmerciful, who know, who know, not unaware, not distanced from the opportunity to open up a book called the Holy Bible, not, not exempt from sensing the Holy Spirit, who know the righteous requirement of God that those who commit such things are worthy of death, they not only do them, but, this is really important, they they also give hearty approval. They're going to encourage them. They're going to hit a like on social media. They're going to say yes. They approve people that are doing these things. Sexual immorality, yes. Gossip, yes. Slander, yes! Notice the difference between God and them and they and their. Their foolish thinking. Their lives became full. They are. They invent. They disobey. They refuse to understand. They know. That's right. They. They know. We know it all, right? These things happen as a result of they change the truth. They thought it was foolish to acknowledge God. I would submit to you today that you and I need to be careful what we wish for. We don't need prayer in school. We don't need the church. We don't need to gather together. We don't need the presence of God. We don't need no old, outdated book telling us what to do. I think we have to be careful what we hope for. We're talking today about hopeful horses. Hopeful horses. There are more than 400 different breeds of horses. Horses can be as big as 69 inches from hoof to shoulder and weigh as much as 2,200 pounds. Tiny horses that exist too, the smallest breeds of horses can be as small as 30 inches from hoof to shoulder and weigh only 120 pounds. That's according to the National Geographic There are an estimated 60 million horses in the world combining wild and domesticated horses. Horses are found in almost every country in the world and every continent except Antarctica. A male horse is called a stallion, a female horse is a mare. Young horses have different names, a young male is called a colt, and a young female a filly. Horses have been used in the police force since the 17th century. And although they became less popular with the introduction of the automobile in the early 20th century, hundreds of horses are still used by the police today. When I read to you quotes about the history, the history of humanity has been born or carried on the back of horses, horses not just in the Bible but in history, have made up generations and generations and generations, not just of actions and activity and the workload but if you study horses, you'll find that even just the word horse has found its way over the years into our vocabulary. I won't read all of them to you, but just a few of them would be, we'll, we'll even refer to strength or power, we'll call it horse, horse power. For years, when people would be saying, hey, let's go, let's leave, they, they would say things like saddle up. They would talk about an underdog or someone who really didn't have a chance at winning. They would call them the dark horse. They would talk about the finality of something or when you are coming to closure, they would call it the home stretch that, that was derived from horses. If people were sick, they would say things like, I feel like I've, I've been kicked in the head by a horse. If you know someone who you would have sensed was egotistical or full of pride, you would often tell them to get off your high horse. If you felt like people were getting their priorities out of alignment or out of order, you would often tell them don't get the cart before the horse. Sometimes people could be debating or arguing and you didn't want to get pulled into that, and so you would say something like, I don't have a horse in that race. People would say terms like good old horse sense, or others, if they felt like someone was just going on and on and on, they could say that person is beating a dead horse. Parents would even tell their children enough of the horseplay or enough of horsing around. There are articles and writings that we would have in our uh, possession as society that would date back hundreds of years. This one dates back, there's a phrase that's first found in the Old English homilies which goes back to 1175 where people from that point were, were putting this statement in writing we're not sure how long it was used but they would use this statement, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink because horses have always been a part for years and years and years of what we do as humans. Studies would tell us that horses have excellent memories. They have 205 bones, they're very social animals. They live in groups called herds in the wild. Horses will live in herds that consist of three to 20 animals and are led by a mature male which is called a stallion. Again, according to the National Geographic, the rest of the herd is made up of females and their young. Domestic horses feel more comfortable if they have companions, too. It can be quite stressful for horses to live alone. Typically, horses eat grass. Some that are domesticated can eat bran, rolled oats, barley, hay. A well-fed horse eats 1% to 2% of its body weight in roughage, such as grass or hay, every day. That's according to the Humane Society. Domestic, uh, domesticated horses are also given blocks of salt and mineral blocks, Uh, to lick. Horses only have one stomach, unlike cows, and it is small. So to get enough food, a horse must graze throughout the entire day. Horses do not have a gag reflex. So unlike many other mammals, it is impossible for horses to vomit. They can choke, but, but they don't vomit. Horses have live births after around 11 months of gestation. Some people mistakenly call baby horses ponies, but actually Horse offspring are called foals. Ponies are adult horses that are shorter than 56 inches. That's according to the Encyclopedia Britannica. The foal is able to stand soon after birth and becomes mature at three to five years of age. At two years old, female um, uh, foals have a way of sticking around longer than the male foals. Male foals are actually going to be driven away. Horses have been tamed usually to live around 25 years old. And so if they are raised right, that would be the age. The oldest horse, though, is actually 62. And uh, that horse's name was Old Billy. He lived to 62. Uh, Horses' brains are pretty small. It weighs only 22 ounces. Horses have different facial expressions. Uh, That was a new one to hear. Horses have different facial expressions to express their moods. It's easy to tell if a horse needs a blanket, they say, if you feel... Behind the ears of a horse, they appear to be cold. This means that the entire horse's body, the horse is feeling cold. Horses have four speeds called gates. They walk, which is their slow speed. They trot. It's a little, little bit faster than walking. They canter, which is faster than a trot, and they gallop. That's their fastest gait that they have. When a horse gallops, all four hooves are off the ground at one point. This was interesting, that horses will carry 60 to 70 percent of their body weight on their front legs. So a lot of times their health issues, their surgeries are on their front legs, and that is because they carry the majority of their body's weight on their front legs. Many people think that when a horse is lying down, that means it's sick. Uh, Not necessarily true. These creatures can sleep either standing or lying down. Uh, Horses have 16 muscles in each ear, allowing them to rotate their ears 180 degrees, The eyes of a horse are bigger than any other land mammal. The fact that they are located on the side of their heads means that they can see almost 360 degrees. Horses have a lookout. I love this. Horses have a lookout. A group of horses will not go to sleep at the same time. At least one of them will stay awake to watch out for the others. Horses are big fans of water and will drink a minimum of 25 gallons every single day And in warmer countries, this amount is even higher. Horses will mourn the passing of a companion. The four horses, when you look at Scriptures, I I won't read all 100, I believe there was about 170, I won't read all of them to you today, but four horses that are really important in the Bible would be the four horses of the apocalypse, which would talk to us about the end of times and signifying the end of the world The conquest is on the white horse, famine on the black horse, war on the red horse, and plague on the pale horse. You say, Micah, as we talk about horses today, how can hopeful horses apply to me? How, when I read Scriptures like it's, it's a vain thing, it's a vain thing to put your hope in a horse, how... How does that apply to me in 2020? Again, we're taking the principle of the passage. But what I want you to see today is that throughout history, humanity has always been putting their hope in horses. This is not something new. The psalmist would put it this way in Psalm 20, verse 6. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Let me read that to you again. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. When you look at the word trust, trust by definition, when you say, Micah, I have my trust in, or I trust... Trust, by definition, means assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something, one in which confidence is placed. When we read Romans 1 today, you saw a group of people that took their trust from God and they decided, I don't need to acknowledge God. I don't need to listen to and obey and follow what God says. And they take trust in God and they decided to put trust in other people or other places. And I would submit to you today that it's still happening in 2020. There are people that are placing their confidence in chariots and they are putting their hope in horses. And so I ask you today, what is your chariot? What is your chariot? Is it your 401k? Is it your retirement? Is it your bank account? Is it your possessions? What is your chariot today? Let's, let's go from just a property or a possession. Let's now go to a person. Who, who is your horse? Who is the person that you're saying? In that man, in that woman, I trust. Because I know that it's easy to say, Mike. I don't have a chariot and I don't have a horse, but I don't believe you. Because I know in my own life, there's been times that I've got my eyes on the chariot and the horse. I believe throughout the Bible, throughout history, we have people that are living by the quote that what we have has come from the back of a horse. I'm not talking in the natural today, I'm talking in the spiritual. What are the things, who are the people that you and I can start thinking that they or it will save us? Was reminded this week of the message, the passage of scripture where the children of God, you know, the ark of God has the presence of God, the power of God. So they would get the ark, whether, whether they're going to battle or going to war, and whether they're having, you know, attacks or opposition, they wanted the ark of God. But the ark of God was symbolic of the presence of God. And I was reminded this week of when the children of God were not right with God. They were not right with God. But they said, let's fetch the ark for it will save us. And so they go and get the box. They get the ark. And it doesn't save them. The children of God have people die. A lot of people die. Somewhere along the line, they didn't realize. It's not, it's not the things that save us. It's when we're right with God. And so we look at chariots, and we look at horses, and I think if we were honest today, we could put some names on them. Like, Pastor Micah, I feel comfortable when my savings account, my chariot has. I feel good When bills are paid and my chariot tells me and I I look at that investment or I look at the Dow or I look at my stocks, you say, Pastor Mike, is that bad? No, I'm probably doing things you're doing. But I want to submit to you today that our priority, our confidence, our trust cannot be placed into the chariot and the horse. We don't seek first the chariot. We don't seek first the horse. We seek first the kingdom Come on, Storyside, the kingdom of God. When you look at this money, some of the children that are in the room today, you can see me after church, I'll give you some ice cream money. I'm being serious. Come see me, I'll give you some ice cream money. You can look at at this money and you can see whether it's a 1, a 5, a 10, a 20, a 50, I... You, you can see different faces, and you can see different things on the money, but the thing that matters most, or should matter most, is in God we trust. But sometimes the faces and everything else trumps that. That's, that's like the leftover. That's like, that's, that's like the thing that can be overlooked. But I want to encourage you on this July 4th weekend— that it should have been number one, hopefully is number one. If it's not, revisit it in your heart and mind. But as a nation and as a person, we really need to believe that in God we, come on story side, in God we trust. And so who is your horse? You say, is it bad to want the the mayor of my choice? No. Is it bad to say, well, if this person was the governor, if this person... No. But you and I, as believers in Christ, we cannot go around life. We cannot walk through the days of our weeks and months and years thinking, if I have this person or this horse or this chariot in my life, somehow that is the solution to my situation. The solution is Christ, has been Christ, always will be Christ. (laughs) Blessed is the nation, not who always has the right economy, not who always has the right possessions or the best houses. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. As we get ready to pray today, Proverbs 21, 31, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but, but victory rests with the Lord. Can we get the horse ready? Can you love your car, love your house, in perspective, and priority, yes. But you and I can't love pleasures more more. That that means we get this flipped upside down. It's the wrong way. Romans one. They started loving the creature more, more, more than the creator. You and I want to make sure that number one in our lives, number one in our families, number one in our church, number one, hopefully in our nation. Is God. Psalm 147 says His pleasure. How many want to please God? You want to please God. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor His delight in the legs of the warrior, but the Lord delights in those who reverence and respect, and honor, and fear him who put their their hope in money, their hope in the chariot, their hope in the horse, or what's the Bible say? Put their hope in his unfailing love. I want to I want to urge you today, StorySide. I want to ask you today. Not to get pulled into the mindset, whether it's Psalms or Proverbs, whether or not it's Romans 1. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into thinking that someone or something can save you. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the chariot, the horse or anything else. I dare not trust, sweetest frame, but wholly lean, in Jesus' name. on Christ, the solid rock you and I stand, all other ground. Sinking sand. Corey ten Boom said this, "Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. I want to pray for your trust today. You say, Mike, I'm worried. Mike, I get anxious some days. I get frustrated. I get mad. I'm like, I'm done with social media. I'm done with the chariot and the horse. I'm sick of it. I'm tired. I get it. Maybe today, maybe this message is for you. Maybe this moment is for you. Maybe you've been thinking this whole time that social media would save you. Maybe you were thinking this whole time. Enough likes, enough follows. If I could get in the in crowd, if I could be the loop, if this chariot, if this horse. You can't get enough followers. Come on, students. Come on, young. There's not enough followers to fill the void in your heart. Not enough money in your bank account, mom, dad, business. There's not enough money in your bank account to fix this. You need to put your trust in God. Not just like halfway or three quarters, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all, all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. I want to pray for your trust today. Let we close our eyes all over the room if you're able to do it online. You're in a place where you could just close your eyes and give us the opportunity to pray together. I'm not denying today that some trust in chariots. I've got my eyes on chariots before thinking that could save us, that could help us, that. I'm not even denying what the psalmist said that some trust in horses. The strength of the horse We could just be strong enough and bold enough and courageous enough. And if we, I think sometimes we think the horse can save us. But today, I really hope that the Holy Spirit reminds us that the only place our trust really should be is in the Lord. Pray that we would be reminded today that in God we trust. What do I do for my marriage? Put your trust in God. What do I do for my family, my kids? Pastor Micah, what's this world going to be in two years, two months, five? Pastor Micah, my son, my daughter. Can I just remind you today? Put your trust in God. You say it's not easy. I understand. But you have to believe he didn't just start this. You have to believe God can finish it. Story side, hear my heart today. You can't just believe it. He authored something and he's not going to complete it. Put your trust in God today. In God we trust. In God we trust. Maybe some of you want to put your hand on your heart. If your emotions have been out of control, you'll have to be honest. Ultimately with God. But if your emotions have been out of control, put your hand on your heart. I read it to you. You have to guard your heart. We read the verse. For others who you can barely sleep because your mind is out of control and your thoughts are running wild, you may want to put your hand right on your head and say, God, pray for my erratic thoughts, those runaway thoughts. He can save you today. He could save you from sin. We're all born in sin. He could save you from sin. He could save you from stress. He could save you from sinking today could save you from getting sidetracked. I don't know what your situation is, but I know He can save you today. So I pray over every heart. I pray over every mind. I pray over people that have got distracted by the chariot and the horse. And I pray in this holy moment that they would come back to alignment, come back to focus. I pray that right now in your presence, God, you would help them to say, I know others may trust the chariot. They may trust the horse. But as for me, as for me in my house, I'm going to obey the Lord, trust the Lord, follow the Lord. I pray over every heart, every mind today. And I pray these prayers in the name of Jesus. If someone needs saved, if someone is saying, I want to turn my life around, I want to follow Jesus, I'm asking you today, God, to save them. If someone is saying my emotions, my thoughts, I'm asking you, God to get them back on track right now. Let them leave different than they came. Let them log off different than what they logged on. I pray these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for our nation today. Our nation. I pray for leaders. I pray for every state, every area, every region, even locally. I pray that in God we really would trust We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Story side, are you thankful for Jesus today? Would you stand all over the room? Can we make this song our prayer? Will you sing it out to them? Maybe if you're physically able, just shoot both hands up in the air. Why don't you make this song your closing prayer? So will I. Come on, speak it over your life. So will I. So will I, Jesus. So will I.